0: great to have you join us as we gather around God's Word today. If you're taking message notes, the title of my message today is Building Trust Under Pressure. Now, I have message notes available. You can go to our Bayside Church app, click Media, and you can go to the live stream page and our message notes will be there available to you, as well as our website. Just go to our live stream page and the message notes are there as well. There is no doubt that we are living in very uncertain times. I think the common word at the moment is unprecedented. We've never seen anything like COVID-19 and what we're experiencing. All of us have had to rapidly adjust as life has changed and we've had to maybe take stock. Um, I know for myself, I'm really grateful for the simple things in life. I'm grateful uh, for the fact that we used to be able to gather and worship together or being able to go to someone's home and enjoy a meal with friends. Uh, Things that we're not able to do right now uh, for the time period so that we can save lives. We've all been impacted by what's going on and times like these helps us to focus on what's really truly important and what it is that we trust in and whom. The questions I'm asking myself and perhaps you're asking yourself as well is, can I trust God in this uncertain time? Do I trust him enough to get me through to the other side of this situation? Is my faith deep enough? And if I'm to lose what is important to me, and maybe you need to just take stock, what would be so important to you right now? If you were to lose that thing, is God enough to sustain me? How do we build trust under these times, under these pressures? Thankfully, the Bible is full of stories of uncertain times and hard times, and we can look at those stories and and learn some things for ourselves and apply it to our situation today. We have stories like the children of Israel who were in Egypt for 400 years of slavery, and then they came out of slavery and heading to a promised land. Now, we know the story, but they were living in a very uncertain future. They didn't know what they were heading towards. There's also the children of Israel coming out of Israel and going into exile into Babylon. Again, a very difficult, hard time, an uncertain time um, that they had to go through. And of course, we have the story of Jesus' death on the cross. We celebrated his death and resurrection last weekend at Easter. At the time that that took place, it greatly impacted his disciples. Their whole life turned upside down. They were no longer um, able to go to the temple and worship. They were fearful for their lives. Life became quite uncertain after that. So what we're going through right now may feel like a storm and storm can wreck havoc. They can shake us to our very core. It's easy to get so swept up in the ferocity of a storm, to get so swept up in the fear of the storm. And for this reason, I want to draw attention to a very well-known story that's in the Gospels, and that's Jesus and his disciples being in a storm. And we're called to become like Jesus, and Pastor Rob has done a great uh, series on becoming like Jesus. So what I want to do here today is focus on Jesus and how he coped and what he did to build trust in the midst of the storm. And hopefully we can gain those truths and enable ourselves to weather the storm that we are going through. So if you have your Bibles, if you can open up to Mark chapter four, and I'm gonna read from the uh, Passion Translation. And we're gonna pick it up from verse 35. It says, later that day, after it grew dark, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. After they had sent the crowd away, they shoved off from shore with him as he had been teaching from the boat and there were other boats that sailed with them. Suddenly, as they were crossing the lake, a ferocious tempest arose with violent winds and waves that were crashing into the boat until it was all but swamped. But Jesus was calmly sleeping in the stern, resting on a cushion. So they shook him awake saying, teacher, don't you even care that we're all about to die? Fully awake, he rebuked the storm and shouted to the sea, hush, calm down. All at once, the wind stopped howling and the water became perfectly calm. Then he turned to his disciples and said to them, why are you so afraid? Haven't you learned to trust yet? But they were overwhelmed with fear and awe and said to one another, who is this man who has such authority? that even the wind and the waves obey him. I love that question that Jesus asks his disciples. Haven't you learnt to trust yet? Trust is something we learn. Trust is something that we develop and build, much like a muscle. Uh, As we step out um, with a a grain of faith and a a step of trust, we build and, and, and develop that over time. And so today I want to focus on how we can develop trust under pressure by looking at how Jesus did it. First of all, Jesus trusts God's love. Here we have a storm. The disciples are clearly overwhelmed and fearful and Jesus is sleeping. Now that picture alone may alarm you thinking when you're going through storms in life, Jesus is sleeping. It very much did the disciples. They were quite concerned about the fact that Jesus was sleeping. And so they woke Jesus up and they accuse him of not caring. In other words, of not loving them. And when storms brew, do we go to that place? Do we accuse God of not caring, of not loving us? And I think the reason why we may do that is that we think that if God loves us, then we shouldn't have to go through hard times. We shouldn't have to go through times that are, that are like storms, where everything is, is uncertain. But the fact is, there's no promise of that in the Bible. In fact, Jesus said, we will have trials and we will have tribulations, but fear not. He has overcome the world. But here we have Jesus sleeping. How how does he do it? Did he have really good earplugs? I know members of my family love wearing earplugs when they go to sleep and they hear nothing. The world may come crashing around them and they hear nothing. I kind of highly doubt that Jesus had earplugs. Perhaps he took a sleeping tablet. Mm, he could have, but I hardly doubt that too. Most likely, he was probably physically exhausted from all the ministering that he had just done and fell into a deep sleep. Either way, he, he was out for the count. Jesus was completely at rest in the midst of this storm. You see, Jesus knew that they were heading to the other side of the lake. That was the word he gave and he rested in that knowledge because he'd heard God's word to go to the other side of the lake. And he could rest in God's word, in other words, God the Father's word, because he rested in in God's love first. Jesus trusts the Father because he knows the Father's love for him. In John 17, 24, it says, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am going and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. On earth, Jesus developed his intimate relationship with the Father. He knew the Father's love for him. He was secure in his Father's love. There's this beautiful picture when Jesus is being baptised And as he comes out of the water, the heavens open, the spirit of God falls upon him like a dove. And there's this voice from heaven saying, this is my son whom I love and whom I'm greatly pleased with. That declaration of love before Jesus did anything for God, before he started his public ministry, Jesus knew the father's love. He knew his identity in the father as the son. And he knew that he could rest in that, that he was secure In that knowledge and we have that same relationship when we believe Jesus to be the Son of God we become children of God and that same identity is given to us as children that that same love is available to each and every one of us you see Jesus knowing the Father's love that is what enabled him and sustained him it sustained him in the wilderness when he was there for 40 days it sustained him as his friend betrayed him and his friends deserted him. It sustained him as he went to his agonising death. See, Jesus was, knew the Father's love and he trusted the Father with his life and with his death. Can we say the same? Do we trust God with our life and with our death? Are we secure in the Father's love? The Apostle Paul came to know that love and came to know how to rest in that love. It's why he could say in Romans 8, 38 to 39, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. To develop trust, we need to be open to receiving God's love for ourselves first. It's knowing that perfect love that isn't then enables us to cast out all fear and silence the storms that we go through. So how do we do this practically? Well, myself personally, I like to spend the, the beginning of the day in quiet um, presence of God. I just still myself self, and I become aware of his presence. And I just imagine God loving on me. I imagine him smiling at me. Um, I imagine him just being so delighted in how he's created me. I even picture him dancing because I love dancing and we dance together. And I just let that wash over me, God holding me in love. For you perhaps it's meditating on a passage of scripture. Psalm 139 comes to mind or even Zephaniah 3.17 where it talks about God delighting in us and rejoicing over us with singing. Perhaps it's focusing on Jesus, being on that cross, taking all our shame and and our sin, all that he's done to save us and letting that sink in and allowing that love to penetrate our hearts. We need to first receive God's love and become secure in this because when we do, then we can rest in his word. And that's the second thing that Jesus did. He, Jesus trusts God's word. You see, Jesus wasn't perturbed by the storm because he had heard that they were going to go to the other side of the lake. And you can read in Mark 5 why that, what the purpose of going to the other side of the lake was for. But whatever God the Father had planned, God the Son did. did. In John 5.19, it says, So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the the Father does, the Son does also. In John 12.49, it says, I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. Whatever Jesus hears and sees the Father doing, He does. They're completely in sync. They're in complete oneness and they are in complete trust. And we, if we have believed in Jesus, we are called to the same oneness. John 17 talks about that oneness with God. So how does this apply to us practically? It's about tuning in to the Holy Spirit. The moment we believe, we receive the Holy Spirit in us. John 14 26 says but the advocate the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. We have a 24 7 spiritual compass we have a helper a comforter a counsellor and a friend walking with us everywhere we go we have this oneness with God when we, when we move about our day and all we need to do is to stop and to listen to what the holy spirit is saying to us. You know, we can be listening to what the news is saying and and rightly so. But what is god saying? And what is god saying to you in the midst of this situation? It's ta- it takes time to just to stop and to listen. And so practically, what does this mean for us? What do we need to do? I encourage you to guard your personal time with god. Set aside time, whether it's the beginning of the day, whenever it might be, and just guard that personal time with God. Turn off your smart devices. Um, maybe you have to go for a walk or maybe you go into a quiet room if you're all bunkered down together in a, in a um, quite an occupied house. But guard your personal time with God. And certainly cast your cares upon him. Anything that you're fearful or anxious about, tell God about. God wants us to be honest with him. So feel free to tell him how you're feeling. But then stop and listen. Listen to what God is saying to you right now. He may lead you to a passage of scripture. He may impress a word upon your heart. But it's it's listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying that's going to enable us to get through these times. And then find a routine that, that enables you to do that. Not just in the beginning of the day but tuning your ear all throughout the day as the holy spirit prompts us um, in certain areas jesus heard god's word and he trusted god's word and so we need to do the same and we need to know that god has fresh manner for us every day we just need to come hungry and expectant to hear from him just the other day i in my quiet time um, i was led to the passage of scripture of 1 corinthians 13 And immediately, you know, I know 1 Corinthians 13, I've heard it quite a number of times, especially at weddings when I conduct weddings. And, you know, so I knew what was going to be there. But as I looked at it afresh and I read those words, love is patient, love is kind, love is gentle, it suffers long, all the attributes of love. I focused on the fact that God is that with me. I focused on the fact that God is patient with me. He's kind with me. And as I drilled down, I just heard one word, patience. And I can't admit, that's not my my strongest virtue. Those who know me know that. But I knew that I needed to take patience into the day, especially as I live with my sister 24-7. So God does have solutions for us. We just need to position ourselves to hear his word um, and to trust his word as we go about our day. And finally, Jesus trusts us. Part of the reason Jesus was also very rested is that he trusted his disciples. You know, we're often encouraged to trust God, but we never think about the fact that God trusts us. We are in a relationship, and in relationships there's got to be mutual trust. There are many ways that God trusts us, and I want to just explain a few of those ways that he does. He trusts us with our talents and gifts. He's given to each one of us unique talents and gifts, which he he leaves it up to us to develop and to steward and to apply those talents and gifts. He trusts us with possessions. Every possession that we have uh, comes from God. Now, he may have given you the talents and gifts to be able to work and to accumulate wealth, but it comes from God. And he trusts us to bestow those possessions in a wise way, to certainly enjoy them for ourselves, but to also to consider others, to be generous with what we have and share it with the poor and and those who are needy. He trusts us to be obedient, to tithe, to to tithe 10% with everything that we have and to bring it into the storehouse. He trusts us with the gospel and the gospel means good news and the good news of Jesus Christ that he died on a cross, that he rose from the dead three days later, that death does not have its final say, that whoever believes in the name of Jesus is saved, has eternal life with God forever. That's great news. That means you and I, we don't need to earn God's approval. We just simply need to believe that Jesus Christ uh, is the son of God and died for us. God trusts us to share that good news with others who are willing to listen. So there's just a few of the ways that God trusts us but here in the boat Jesus trusted his disciples because he knew many of them were experienced fishermen many of them had had fished on the sea of Galilee as a, on a regular basis they had certainly experienced storms before they had the experience they had the talent and they had God with them literally in their boat and so Jesus trusted them to get to the other side but the disciples forgot in that moment A, who was with them, B, his word that we're going to the other side and that they had the experience and the nous to be able to um, navigate this storm. So the question remains, when storms hit, like the one that we're going through right now, do we trust that God has equipped us to get through this storm to the other side? In Ephesians 2.10 it says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do in the midst of COVID-19 God has prepared good works for you and I to do and it's going to take us through to the other side but it means we're going to work together it means we have got to keep our eyes open and look for those opportunities I believe there are going to be people who are going to use their talents and gifts to start new businesses and to relieve and help others that are financially struggling. I believe we're going to see such an increase of uh, generosity towards others, people making things for others and looking out for those who are more vulnerable in our community. I think we're going to see things that we've never seen before because of this situation. I believe a lot of good is going to come out of what we're going through right now. God trusts us to work together with him to get to the other side of COVID-19 because we're called into partnership with him. Finally, as we wrap up this message today, I just want to draw attention to the fact that when Jesus and the disciples were on that uh, lake and that storm hit, that they weren't the only ones out there. There were other boats that were following them. And I believe they were looking to see how they were responding to the situation. I believe this is a time for us, church, that the world is going to look for answers, that the world is going to look to us to see how we're going to navigate through this time. We have God with us. God has entrusted us with skills and talents and we have his love and his word. And we will weather it, uh, this storm, and we will get to the other side of it Let's not allow fear to overwhelm us and to immobilise us, but let's rather choose to focus on God's love, what he's saying to us. Let's work together um, with him and we will get to the other side and we will build trust under pressure. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you right now where everyone is that you would just fall afresh. Your, Your beautiful presence would fall afresh upon us that we would just feel your love, that you would just calm any anxiousness right now, that your love, Lord God, casts out all fear. I thank you that we are secure in you, Lord, that nothing can change the fact that we are your sons and your daughters and you love us wholly and completely. Lord God, I just thank you right now that you are speaking to each one of us. Maybe there's a word right now that we need to hear, something that we need to do. Just the same way as Jesus heard your word, he then did it. And so Lord, we just pray right now that you would just put impress something upon our hearts right now. And Father, I just thank you that there we're going to see such an outpouring of good works in this time that people are going to work together in a new way new opportunities lord god and this will enable us to get to the other side whilst your eyes are closed i just wouldn't like to invite anyone who has never asked jesus christ into their life and maybe you're just feeling a little tug here and you're thinking, yeah, I would like to take a step of faith. I would like to take a step to trust God. And uh, it would be my greatest honour to pray with you. And so if you'd like to do that, all you need to do is say this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died and rose again. I believe he died for my sins and I receive you Jesus as my Lord and Saviour. Come into my life, fill me with your Holy Spirit and may we walk hand in hand every day. May I become aware of your presence and learn of your ways.